At the dawn of humankind's third age, the last of the Babylon stations was constructed. Its narrative captured the attention of many fans in the 1990s. While some of it was what we had seen before, the overarching story was unique and compelling and something we had not seen from American science fiction on television. Babylon 5 is a five-mile-long self-contained world. Throughout its story, it's a dream, it's a port of call, it's a beacon, and it's a dangerous place. But it's also the galaxy's last, best hope for peace and victory. As one chapter of its story ends, another begins. This is about how Babylon 5 endures. Hello. Hey. You're hearing a slightly tired Mona. I'm so tired. I don't know why. So, it's it's going to be a subdued reaction to the geometry of shadows. Well, I don't know about that. I think it's going to be like a, a, a very real life, as if you're in the room with someone else watching Babylon 5, and they might fall asleep. You know, it's a oh, great show. It happens. Okay. All right. You heard it here. Mona f- might fall asleep. It's true. It's it could true. happen. That's a real life thing. It happens. People fall asleep all the time. That, that is true. There's somebody falling asleep right now. Right now. We're helping to make it happen. Very possible. I mean, if, if things are going right, my two kids are already asleep. That's good. Yeah. It's yeah. catchy. It is. It is. So, nothing new on the Straczynski front. Uh, there was an article. Oh, was on, there? Yeah, October 3rd, where he said, was talking about no decisions have been made. I got to send it to you. Okay. But, yeah, um, yeah it's all about the um, the changing of ownership. Like, I guess right now, Warner Brothers and CBS have, like, uh, less... Oh, who has it now? I looked it up. I can't remember, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Next Star, I think. Yes. And Next Star wants to hear from people about, you know, we still want the show. But um, yeah, yeah. The he has been he has been touting a hashtag. Um, but yeah, I don't. I think I think most people who have been following that, either, you know, if, if you're listening to our show and you're not following Straczynski on Twitter, um, he is probably the main source of news there. I've even got it set up where I can follow his RSS feed at this point from his Twitter account. I can't say the last time I've checked anything on Twitter. Yeah, I, yeah. The, the way I've got it set up is I've got an RSS reader that lets me read um, a, a, a tweet, you know, a, a Twitter account. So I can say, hey, show me Straczynski's, hey, show me this. So it allows me to look at things without interacting with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see here. What else? Oh, I have started putting our episodes up on YouTube. Yeah. So there is a link to the playlist because there's more, there's more than one podcast that I'm, I'm kind of shepherd of, um, 
so there's this and there's also our vampire podcast this podcast bites which is recording a new episode next week by the way so we will not be yeah. having an episode of babylon squared that's um, plug yeah if, and if you enjoy ann rice we're going to be talking about interview with a vampire or Very if you timely. don't enjoy ann rice that's well, true interview with a vampire that's true so. that's true so it's going to be it's timely as well because we're now a couple of episodes into the new uh interview series i don't think any of the group has been able to watch it i saw the first episode you did i did because it, it was free okay they're, they're doing right. it free on amc plus okay all right all right then yeah then uh maybe we'll talk about that a little bit too yeah, I really hope that we get like a family plan so we can all watch it so we can talk about it also. <laughs> um, let's see here. Anything else? Star Trek Discovery just launched a new trailer. I hear I met a really great fan. Uh, Bill, if you're out there, thank you for listening. Um, so I need to like look more into it, but that's pretty exciting. They released a new trailer. And also Prodigy is indeed coming back at the end of the year, yeah. which if you have Prodigy... It is great track. It and is solid track. Picard launched a new trailer too. I'm surprised. I am surprised. I didn't expect Picard to come back for another season after last year, honestly. Well, you know, I I I, I can't quite tell who the villain is, but she clearly has a bone to pick with Sean Luke. I mean, this is it. She can't there's no more villain. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, she doesn't have, like, at the without spoiling, even though maybe there's spoilers, so, you know, whatever. You're fine. Um, so, at the end, <laughs> if you find out that there, like, well, there is no villain anymore at all. So, what, what's going on now? It was that this, the, at this, the season that we just had with the card. Right, the one with Kim. Exactly. It should have been split into a couple of seasons. Going, to, they just went way too fast at the end. Okay. And so now they're left with a plot that, um, like, I'm not really sure. Like, what the hell? They're left with this really so many plot holes, just wide open. Um, well, I still you know, haven't watched it, but oh yeah, it's a it's a timey wimey wibbly wobbly. With okay. the with within, I'm not. It could have been a very satisfying ending, but they went too quick. So the ending feels nonsensical. Um, yeah. It, I'd be interested to see how you react to the ending of the last Picard. At yeah. this point, since we're waiting for season three, I'll probably just binge the whole thing. You know, so. there's some really beautiful stuff. I love John Delancey, and it, it has mm -hmm. such a great, strong start. But by the end, you'll see exactly what I'm saying. Okay. Also, let me just point out, why is it that Picard is the only series in the Trek universe that breaks its own rules. Now, some of them are cool. I love that we have a true horror episode in Picard. But some of them, like, let's talk about season one, Girardi. If you haven't watched it, you know, that's on you. It's been out for, like, a long time now. So, season one, Girardi is the only character in Star Trek, the Star Trek universe that I've seen. And please come at me, bro. Tell me if I'm wrong. Remind me. Mm -hmm. It's the only person who's not a villain in season one but murders and murders out of ignorance murders out of fear 
and experiences not only no consequences or true rehabilitation, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, is just sort of adopted into the Star Trek world. And I'm about forgiveness. I'm totally about that in rehab. But, you know, you, and you can say that she was under um, like a Romulan mind meld situation and she was powerless. Mm-hmm. But she could also say that... Um, no, she killed out of fear. She killed. So yeah, I just. Who's the um. The Klingon, from Discovery first season. Oh, there's many Klingons in right, Discovery first. Right, but no, I'm talking about um, the one who went through the the. Lorel? Oh yeah. no, Lorel's lover. Yeah, Ash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think. I don't know. Um, Ash didn't. Ash, everything he did was actually pretty, uh, for the most part, pretty Federation approved. In the in and like so, Ash, he didn't um, not like Girardi did. Okay. She didn't have to murder. It was a choice, um, and it was all born out of fear. And it's not the only time she did it. Hmm. Like I, you know, it's weird to me that she is just enveloped into a world where really like in the old Trek universe, I'm not saying old Trek is necessarily good, but in the old rules, there would have been an episode that addressed her fear because that's something that's that Dr. Who Star Trek, so many major storylines adopt Mm -hmm. the idea that in the future for us to be, you know, people for us to be decent, not just people, but decent. Yeah. Um, you don't shoot first, ask questions later. Right. You don't kill a spider because it surprises you. You um, take the time to be thoughtful and communicate. Right. And if you can't, um, if you can't be trusted with a weapon, you don't get one. Um, yeah. 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 You know, it's a journey to get over that because that fear is actually very human. It's a very natural fear. All of us experience that fear in some way in our lives. And it's important for us to see models of how to process those emotions and go forward in a healthy manner rather than just pushing buttons and shooting people and poisoning them and shit. That's dumb. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm over it. It's so 2021. <laughs> I do not disagree. You know, that's what I love about Sesame Street. Hmm. Like, you know, say whatever you want about Sesame Street, but um, it raised generation and gave us so many models on what it could look like if we, you know, communicated like this, what it could look like if we showed each other kindness and patience and all of these things. Sesame Street was a fantastic model for. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and that's something I love about great sci-fi. What it's really saying is if we do this now, if we take these actions now, what could the future be? Exactly. You know, it could be a beautiful place or it could be a hellscape. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, we're, we're definitely working on the hellscape right now. Doing our best. Yeah, yeah definitely. Doing our best. I actually, and I have a question I have for you. Mm-hmm. I, I think about that. What is it now, this generation of parents, to watch the destruction of the world that the next generation will inherit? What do you mean? So, um, so we, we, we see right now, I don't know what the weather's like where you are, but where Mm -hmm. I am, it's wonderful. It's right. It should be fall weather and it feels like summer still here. Um, climate change is real. It's definitely happening. Mm -hmm. You're watching, um, 
you know, regulations being washed away that were supposed to protect the earth for the upcoming generations. And we're seeing the effects of climate change happening a lot faster than we expected. So um, what is that now? You know, because like, yeah, cause and effect. What is that to live in this world? Well, we have, you know, my, my wife and I, for example, have long discussions with our kids and discuss very clearly um, what we think of the situation. And we ask them to discuss what they think of these situations. I will say that for the most part thus far, knock on wood, um, this area of the Midwest has not seen the extremes other parts of the country have, especially out west of us. Um, and I'm sure it has something to do with the, the climate that comes with having such large bodies of water around us in the Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that has some sort of effect. We didn't have that many hot, hot days. What I have noticed, though, is our winters have become an, have become wetter. Mm-hmm. So we're not getting we're getting like bigger snowstorms at the outset. Like last year, we got dumped on with a large amount of snow in November. Um, mm-hmm. But we didn't really have anything that big after that snowstorm you know we had we had a few snowfalls that were a couple three inches that sort of thing but nothing that was huge unlike the snowstorm in november which actually did shut down schools and things like that um and so i i think we're seeing a much more temperate wet winter at least in this area you know i'm in i'm in southeastern michigan um hopefully not the case up in like the upper peninsula like superior region because we need that to get as wet as possible to keep the lakes going um and we really do need snow uh uh, fall up there um but yeah yeah we've been we've been talking about it and you know we've had we the boys have watched everything that goes on with uh, everything that went on with Ian, what was on with Fiona, you know, hitting Canada, that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. I mean, right now it's a discussion about what what their generation can do, what our generations can still do. Um, our our two are firmly at the tail end of Gen Z. And we are starting to see Gen Z take the reins of power, the youngest members of Congress at this point. The, the youngest members running for Congress at this point are Gen Zers. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully that means that as they come in, you know, more level heads will prevail. And we will stop seeing this insistence on not believing what is going on around us. And listening only to the demagogues and the talking heads. Did I say that as diplomatically as I could? I well, I yeah. I guess. I, I guess this is a part of my question too. Mm-hmm. Has it changed? Like, I wonder. Also, this is a question, really, a bigger question for people around the country. Has it begun to change how um, 
people because I know when I was growing up there were drills right like what do you do if there's a fire you do this stop drop and roll all sorts of sorts of things mm-hmm. I wonder if it's changing how um this next generation is getting raised the kind of drills they have right now you have wow. a, in, a, there's lots of parts of the country that have flooded I've experienced fire and mudslides and you name it and it's gotten it's increased you know frequency mm-hmm. and severity uh, so like, have these conversations in homes around the nation. I wonder, is it changing the way the kids are actually growing up? And also, yeah, they're taking the reins of power, but it's all kind of too little too late. You know, everybody keeps saying we're going uh, past the space of no return. We're, we're basically passing an event horizon when it comes to the climate True. over and over and over again. So, yeah, I mean, I think that they're going to have to be very innovative, right, in how we're going to live in the future. But, like, are, do you have a drill with your kids about this is what to do if something floods? And this is what to do, this area know, won't like flood. I mean, you'd have to be talking about such a catastrophic flood. Like 696? A couple of years ago, that killed people. No, 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 no. We're talking about a, I'm, I'm talking about here, not, not on the freeway. And for the most part, we're not, we don't tend to use the freeway. No, I understand, but I mean, you get you get what I'm saying too. The things that didn't happen a couple of years ago are starting to happen now, and what will the next few years look like? Is there any like no, preparation? I understand, yeah. I understand what you're saying. I mean, yeah. you know, but when you look at the fact, when you look at the fact that Michigan is above sea level, right? The Great Lakes are above sea level, um, and what it would take for this area to actually. Tr- Truly flood, like hurricane status flooding, like we've seen with Ian and things like that. Um, I mean, you'd be talking about you'd be talking about massive, massive amounts of water going inland into the lower peninsula. Right? Yeah, I'm not really even talking about Hurricane Ian level. I'm talking more more like I know there's been a ton of flooding in Michigan, and it's if if that flooding gets worse. It's going to look a lot worse and require some maneuvering, especially if, if kids are around. Well, that that flooding has been infrastructure related. Okay, that flooding, yes, it's volume, no doubt. But when we're talking about the flooding along like I ninety four and the flooding that that we even had in our own basement, um, that was infrastructure related. The pumps weren't working. I see. So that so you don't have any like drill or anything special that you do with your kids when it comes to climate change futures. Not for flooding per se. I mean, what do you what do you do? Fire drills and things like that. Um, you know, I mean, we've got we've got fire safety rules for the house and drills for that, and they've been doing that ever since daycare. Um, but in terms of in terms of you know like a massive water event. I can't see how that would logically happen here. Mm. Right. Um, you know, it, it, when, when we're talking about the basements flooding and things like that, get the hell out of the basement. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but um, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not really worried about that. A fire. Yeah. Tornadoes. Tornadoes, of course. Um, it's very difficult for a tornado to form in this kind of condition in a large metropolitan area. But there have been tornadoes that have hit Metro Detroit in the past 30 years. 
So that is that is that is a possibility, and we definitely do talk about what you do in, in a tornado, and and you know listen for the sirens and follow those those guidances and things like that. Um, you know, I mean, for school age kids, the big issue is active shooter drills and things like that. Yeah, that's another one I was thinking of too. How so, that has changed. Yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, uh, our sons both have. Uh, cellular apple watches as well um not only has that changed just the entire dynamic of being able to contact them and i just wasn't ready to give them actual phones um but you know those watches if i need to get to them i can get to them if i need to find them i can find them that's yeah 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 so yeah yeah Plus, it makes them feel cool because they have something that their friends don't have. The friends who have phones. <laughs> so, that's okay. That works. But man, we're really going off into the weeds, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Well. That's all relative. You know, I'm trying to think. Does Babylon 5 have the same sort of Earth history that Star Trek does? Because Star Trek gets really, really, you know, really talks about how things fell apart on Earth in the yeah. 21st century. Right? Yeah, it was we the 21st, through. right? It's not, yeah, it's the it's, 21st century, right? Or is yeah, it the 1990s? It, so it's, it's, no, it is the 21st century. And it's also, it's a, it's a sci-fi trope. Like, all, I don't know right. any that, that say that we go through, like, a really horrible um, time like almost like an apocalypse to be like it's, it's a phoenix thing. Like yeah. If you get something awful, and then we're born from the ashes of that. Um, and also, I know you haven't seen the second season of Picard yet, but they get really exact. Um, you know, Star Trek, like anyone else, they're kind of fluid, all right. Right. And so they can take in new new uh, events into um, the universe. And so in season two of Picard, they go to I think the year twenty twenty one, and okay. like they really examine what we're doing to the world right now. Um, so yeah, yeah, from the ashes. Oh, you know that's actually the Detroit um, saying that's on true. the Detroit flag. Uh, what is it? Spear of something, Cenobis, resurgit. I always get it wrong. Meloria, but it basically means from the ashes we rise. Right. Yep. Yeah. So see, we're right on topic. This is all about Babylon Five. Oh, there we go. There we go. Look, and tonight's episode is the shadows. Geometry of shadows, yeah. All right. So shall we shall we start this up? We should. All right. Well, then, in that case, on five, one... Five! Get it. One, two, three, four, five. All right. Hey, it's dramatic music, our old friend. They got a little more cinematic with the openings. Well, the production value went up. Yeah. Was that really where Garibaldi was shot? Like in his like like kidney area? Hmm. I don't know. Don't 
like it when my patients lie to me. Stephen being very matter-of-fact. Really? Was it that far down on his back? Hmm. Well, we don't have to worry about Garibaldi exerting himself at that job. He's, he's excited. He's thrilled to be going back to work. Hmm. Garibaldi starts coming to the realization that maybe he's not that good of a security chief. Well, he figured that one out. He yep. solved that mystery. Yep. Yep. I mean, he's right. He's absolutely right. That entire thing is a complete screw-up on his part. Hmm. And that's the first step to, uh, to, getting, to going forward. Sure. After a big mistake, that's the best. So maybe we're going to see his skills really improve here. Maybe. Coming up in the next season. Maybe. Maybe. Wow. Veer cuts hair, too. So Londo's not telling anybody about Mr. Morden and his associates. Bear would have to do everything. It makes sense to me that he's also a barber. I, yep. bet, I bet he also gives an amazing massage. I don't even want to think about Veer giving Londo a massage. And what? yet you are. God, yeah, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate now. that. Poor Veer. Uh, no clear line of succession. Succession. So now all the manipulation that ends up getting Londo onto the throne in later episodes. You know, you really can see the production value has gone up. True. Yeah, look at his face. Like, it's just all of those, are those liver spots? Is that what you call those? That's it's what I would think. Crisp. Yeah. yeah. Crisp. I, I, think, I think they're trying to show that Londo's 
older, right? I mean, he's got the strip of gray in his hair. And he always has from the first season forward. He's got the strip of gray in his hair. He's got the liver spots, you know, trying to show that he is a touch older. Ah, it's these guys. It's the Drazi. I love the Drazi. They're an interesting race. Hey, look. It's a staged fight on the Zocalo. Oh, surprise. I really like how the Drazi react to um, Kosh when he's out of the suit. Yes, yes. I think it's where they really sort of sort of paint more of their character. Because something I appreciate about B5 is that the, you know, the, the side characters, yet the side species, mm-hmm. they get more air. They get more time. Like, we they know do. how religious and devout the Drazi are. So, yeah, I like the Drazi. Yeah. Yeah, I do, too. Oh. I was reading some of Straczynski's old responses to questions back in the uh, back in the 90s on um, The Lurker's Guide. And um, he was like, you know, these credits, we really tried to make these credits move and evolve as the season went along. So we don't have the static view of Delenn solely as Minbari. We have her as her hybrid when Ivanova gets her promotion, her her uh, title changes, all that sort of thing. So, we see the effects. Yeah, we see the effects on the on the credits, which I I love. I really do because it doesn't let it stick as a very static, stagnant, non-moving thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wonder if that's the influence. Game of Thrones is the same thing. I wonder if JMS was their influence there. Very possible. Because this is early. I don't, I think that he's one of the early people who did that, who considered the, you know, the credits of a show to be a part of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that could very well be. I don't have a lot of, you know, interest in, in Game of Thrones, so I can't really say there. I know. And it's okay not to know. Yeah. It's yeah, okay. It I know. I know. Can't watch everything, right? A techno mage. So true. Right from the top. We know this will involve math. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And is it any any um, um, coincidence that Straczynski went on to write a run on uh, the Mighty Thor, the comic book? Right? When we talk about science in the guise of, of magic and that sort of Straczynski's even in in the first Thor movie, too. 
Oh, I didn't realize that. Mm. That's cool. He's the guy with the pickup truck who tries to move the hammer. Yeah, I have to go back and watch that again. That's really neat. Yeah. Tries to hand tries tries to move Mew Mew, as uh, Darcy puts it. Ivanova's speechless. <laughs> so, I get that she's been promoted to commander, mm -hmm. which is the same rank Sinclair had, right? Okay. Yep. But and she's not fulfilling that... the same function that Sinclair was fulfilling. Yeah. I, I Honestly, my takeaway here is that um, we should consider uh, changing our voting style to the Drazi voting style. I, th oh. I think that might work better. Just beat each other up? Okay. Yeah, until the, you know, the winner... It's very clear it's a popular vote for sure. Well, that's true. That is true. You know? <laughs> Equity. <laughs> yeah. And we're getting to see Veer's philosophical bent. And interestingly, you know, hearing Veer explain this now, his personal philosophy is actually extremely strong to Jakar's. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, this, this, this explains a lot of what happens in the future of this series. Right. So Veer Veer has Veer Veer has a very bright future in front of him, let's put it that way. So But it is, it was interesting. You know, I've never thought about the fact that Veer's, Veer's personal philosophy is sounding extremely like Jakar's. But it makes sense. I think we've talked in the past that, I mean, Jakar is a reasonable character. Yeah. He's got integrity, you know? Um, yeah. So does Veer. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Even though in the end, Jakar and Londo will end up dying at each other's hands. <clears throat> That's fate. True. True. <laughs> uh. 
So now we'll see what Garibaldi thinks about Sheridan. About going back to work. Space guns never change. Nope. Yeah. I mean, this this really shows that Sheridan really does value a lot of the decisions Sinclair made. Yeah, he's not a James Kirk, you know? He's not right. the captain that, like, is so insecure he needs to not listen to anyone else. <laughs> right, right. And he's not a Picard, either. So, I really think that there must have been something going on with Garibaldi, the um, actor who plays Garibaldi's contract. Because I don't know if I'm ready to come back. I don't know if I'm not. Like, really left him open. So, he, if he wanted to, he could have accepted another opportunity. Yeah. And um, made yeah. some room in the show. They it really could be. That it could be. I know there are quite a few, like, you know, cast, like, group cast interviews. Um, where he discusses a lot of stuff. But, you know, it, 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 it's been a long time since I've seen any of them. Got it. And by a lot of stuff, you mean a lot of, like, contract dispute stuff? Um, no, just behind the scenes sort of stuff. I don't remember contract disputes being part of it. Okay. Because I remember hearing something about Claudia, uh, about her having a contract issue. Her, yes. Yes, very much so. And that's one of the reasons why Lockley is introduced yes. in yep. season five. Because Straczynski and uh, Claudia Christian have two different views of how that went down so yeah purple purple versus green right red versus blue oh you know what's interesting if you look at their um the costumes the person who had the person who has the purple sash is also wearing red shoulders yes. and the person who has the green sash is also wearing like a blue blue sort of chest plate yeah. so I wonder if they're making direct correlations now this is a perfect example of Ivanova being incredibly culturally insensitive I just want to say that mm -hmm. yeah. oh that's a common thing though earthers usually are yeah. we're jerks yeah. And I think one of the reasons, reasons that's so ubiquitous in our our science fiction is because it's true, yep. and we're letting the future aliens know what to expect from us. Lower that bar. Manage the expectations. Yeah. Oh. Interesting. 
We Veer... will open our diplomacy with idioms. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Veer pronounces his last name Kato. Not Koto. Kato. I always thought it was Koto. Hmm. Good veer. Now he says Kodo. He said Kato just a couple minutes and ago. And you're being very human-centric. Uh, very clearly, yes. Well, that's just it. I mean, so for that, all the things when it comes to, you know, someone from another planet, all the, like, they, he doesn't even have to have a last name. Perhaps oh, his no, last name changes not. with each minute, and all the variations are indeed correct. Like, there's could be so many, yeah. I'm not even going to call that a plot hole. I'm going to call that something new. Okay. Because actually, I think that's a beautiful idea. What if your people... Oh, that's my cat. What if your people have, like give you a name that uh -huh. changes with the moon or that changes with time or some other um, external condition, you know? And so mm -hmm. how you pronounce it is different, but it's all the same song. I really like that idea. I'm going to write that down. So now we're really getting an idea as to who the Technomages are. That's a great Halloween costume. Technomage. Oh, sure. Sure. No one would know what you're dressed up as, but yeah, I agree. Only the cool will know. Technomage. All right. Elric. This is a reference to the series of stories and books by Michael Moorcock um, of, of Elric, the albino warrior who wields the, um, the, the sword Stormbringer. So, now, Elric is not acting like the Elric from Moorcock's work. But yeah. yeah. Calling, but the name calling, is there. Oh yeah. Calling him Elric is a very clear reference to Michael Moorcock. <laughs> so Ivanova really needs to you know chill or break your leg It's really interesting. I'm, you know, I've, I've, because I am a creature of habit after all. Um, I've restarted playing Skyrim. Oh, that's awesome. And I, I'm, I'm playing the survival version. So you have to eat, you have to sleep, you have to stay warm, all that sort of thing, right? Um, and, uh, um, 
she's all over the place in there. Claudia Christian is all over the place in 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 Skyrim. Is she? Oh yeah, yeah. She's she's one of the she's one of the regular female voice actors. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's always like I know that voice. I feel the same way about whenever I watch Handmaid's Tale, Serena Joy, because I was mm. a really big, um, oh, come on. It's one of my favorite first-person shooters, Mass Effect. Okay. Mass Effect got horrible towards the end. Like, they just didn't even finish the last game. Yeah, I've um, never tried But it, it was, oh, it was, so, it's, everyone was mad. Because you had actually a really interesting story, and then at the very end, like, there's mm. barely even artwork. They're just like, okay, game done, goodbye. <laughs> so, yeah. But, um, yeah, Mass Effect all about but i don't even know the actor's real name now i just kind of call her serena joy huh. <laughs> yeah i can't think of her yeah. name either i have not watched all of um i have not watched all of uh what's handmaid's? handmaid's tale yeah yeah this season is interesting i did not see it going this direction so i'm really i'm excited about this season Though I do have some choice words for uh, Margaret Atwood. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. She's actually a really great contributor to Shakespeare in Detroit in Michigan, which I love. But if you watch her Twitter, some of the things she says is pretty problematic. You know, she says, she said once, um, Shakespeare in Detroit, a Shakespeare in unexpected places. And it's like, what the fuck does that mean? What do you mean unexpected places? We love Shakespeare. And so it's just, yeah, I love Margaret Atwood, but mm. I hope someone has a talk with her. People aren't scared to call her out on Twitter, too, which is a good thing. Yeah, but nobody, at least from Michigan that I have seen, has, uh, because, you know, we do need the support in terms of the money yeah. for, um, you know, yeah, but, like, I haven't seen anyone who has her ear and the ability to talk with her about that actually take the steps. And I understand, Yeah, you, you know, trying to make sure that you secure you secure that funding and such, but it's also probably an easy conversation to have with her because she seems like a reasonable, critical thinker. But, um, yeah. Nope. Nope. <sighs> Londo's trying to... <sighs> trying to, to make something happen with the techno mages by using Sheridan. I would be down for Londo to have his own show. I'd, I'd prefer Jakar. Oh, that and was we got close, be... right? We got close. Jakar was in, was in um, The Legend of the Rangers. And oh. that pilot was supposed to be a regular series, and then it fell apart oh that's too bad yeah lots of room for um spinoffs here yeah because also who would not want to see the warlon homeworld yeah like i'd pay-per-view like it's a wwf thing i would pay-per-view to see that i would tailgate uh-oh uh-oh uh-oh.
now we've got an issue with the Drazi killing other Drazi. Now here's my question. Why is Ivanova hobbling, hobbling around on crutches? Don't we have any other better way for somebody who's broken their, their leg? to? This is not the Star Trek universe. There's no tricorders or fancy alien machines that take away all your pain and give it to a prisoner. Right. None at all. Take some aspirin and go to bed. Londo was unavoidably detained by who? Or what? Why? Where? Oh, come on, that was laid up. Come on, that was like lined up for you. Uh-huh. Captain yeah. has been used. can't remember who this actor is. Um, Are you, know, you looking this it up? Is probably the one where Michael and Sarah, that's it. This is probably the one where, where we really should have seen where Londo was going, right? Gonna condemn the Technomage recording things, but um, but allow for his own recording. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. Michael Ansara was in Buck Rogers. He was Kane in Buck Rogers in the 25th century. That's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, he played Klingon Commander Kang on three Star Trek television episodes of the original series. Or not just the original series, but um, original series, Deep Space Nine, and uh, Voyager. Nice. Yeah.
mysteries of the laser and the circuit. I really love the, the capes with the necks like that. I love them. They're hard yeah. to find. Days gone by. Also, that Zoclo looks surprisingly like an antique shop. Yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Like, is it a crystal, is it a crystal like, brandy holder thing right there? It's very, very my grandmother's house. He doesn't have his orders from Earth Force. And what did Elric hand him? That's right. Isn't that neat? Today? He's basically a magician, too. I mean, he's a techno mage, but also right. a Las Vegas magician. Also, I have to just mention about Garibaldi. One more thing about the security. How do you get an orange blossom on the station? I can't get like a, a succulent through the Canadian border. How? Magic. I guess so. Science. Magic is science. That's something I learn more and more that I'm in tech. It's just, it's magic. It's all magic, everybody. That's the way to explain it. It would be an interesting way to vote. So not only just beating each other up, right? But instead of beating up your own people, beating up other people and keeping score. Yeah. But still, yeah. they're killing people now. Yep. And but I'll tell you what, the, the, the fellow has a... Uh, very logical, interesting point. Yeah, we're only killing people <coughs> because they're still alive. Right. You know? If they weren't here, it'd be a very quiet and peaceful station. So. So if you help us kill our our opponents, the station will be happy again. Exactly. That's the way to solve crime issues. Just make sure there's no friction by removing the friction. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I had to tell you, there are some U.S. politicians, I'm pretty sure, learned everything they know about uh, U.S. government from Babylon 5. Mm -hmm. Just remove, just remove the friction.
like they're on a station, right? Right. If someone is taken on the station and they're a staff member of that station, don't you know where they are at all times? You should. Garibaldi knows something. Where is the security for the security? That was my issue. Where's the security for the security, Garibaldi? Thanks for showing up. See, Garibaldi's already getting better at his job. He's here. He's here now. He's already involved. Mm-hmm. He's got that great shirt. He came ready to rumble. He came ready to do some voting. I get stuck with a race that speaks only in macros. Such a 1990s joke. No one really talks about macros anymore. Mm-mm. A hollow demon. Now that, that's got potential. gonna end up breaking her other leg You know, the Drazi are a much bigger part of this episode than I remembered. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, they're much larger. Yeah, which I mean, it's cool. I love the Drazi. They're really cool. But I thought there would be a lot more shadows and a lot less Drazi. Well, when we talk about the geometry, Right, we're talking about the math of them. Right, we're talking about the shadows working behind the scenes and their... Techno-pointing. Yeah. I wonder if uh, nobody has bangs anymore. I wonder if that's just a choice. Um, uh, oh, I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> so she is now green leader she is green leader you have to see 
He just he he just wasn't ready. He just didn't think that that could possibly no. happen. He just take no. a sash. Well, he didn't know he was dealing with Ivanova. No. All right, so that's somewhat solved. Now Londo's going to try and deal with the Technomages again. Yeah, he's going to try and grovel with he the Technomages. He's not a wise. But if he was, none of Londo's storyline would ever happen, you know? A wise Londo would be no Londo. But I'm really loving the silver fox gray they put in. That's pretty great. And his hair's so thick and luxurious. I know. Wanda, 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 Wanda. And hey, Garibaldi's back in uniform. He is. I gotta tell you, the puppetry at the end, I'm not sure what they used for the shadows on Londo's back, but that's really good. I It may have been CG. It could have been, or it could have been a kind of puppetry. Either way, it looked great. Yeah. I think this is the season where we really start to see B5 coming into its own. Yeah. <clears throat> you know what I wish? I wish that in these sci-fi shows that are Earth-centric, that mm -hmm. they'd stop using, like, names like James and Michael. Like, we're already getting away from those names. You know, I kids named Jaden and Apple and all sorts of stuff now. Lots of Olivia's. But, like, you know what I'm saying? I want to see what is the future? Like, how ridiculous are we going to get? I have a prediction. I think that one day we'll just have usernames. Uh, I, I'm seeing a lot of Ava's right now. Yeah. Um, so, I think a lot of these names do cycle. But what names are we using now consistently that we used, like, 500 years ago? Consistently? Exactly. I'm not sure. Not many. Because, no. like, you know, the style changes. So. Yes, yes. I would think that we'd see just, like, new names. Someone to start, start in the, not start, but the sci-fi system who's writing names that are just, like, seem outlandish to us because we're just not there yet. Here we go. You're touched by darkness, Ambassador. Mm-hmm. It's all over your back.
We are beginning to plant little seeds, though, yeah. and Longo's growth and maturity, his arc. We're beginning to plant the seeds of doubt. And you know what? The, the captain really ought not be happy about that orange flower. That just means that stuff can get on your ship and you've got no control of security. That's right. all that means. Right. So... Londo's victims. Yep. And the orange blossom. It's very dark. It is. And I bet you there's some kind of symbol, symbolic significance in the orange flower. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm not... Is it like a foxglove where it kills you, but smells great? I don't know. Well, what'd you think? Um, I don't know. You know, I mean, yes, I think we can definitely see the, the, um, we can see the shadows involved with Londo in the background, right? That's where the geometry of shadows are coming from. Mm hmm Um... I'm probably just missing something about the... Uh, it seems to be the obsession. It seems to be an obsession with oranges that Sheridan has. He has an interest in the smell of orange blossoms. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. David Sheridan, I believe his father, had an orange or orchard. Um, yeah, yeah, so it's, 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 it's the oranges that he knew of as he was growing up. That's what mm -hmm. it is. So, yeah, I think, I think we are definitely starting to see a lot of, a lot of things starting to come together. And clearly Garibaldi is still, you know, still the head of security, but he's got questions about where things are going right he's mm -hmm. watching so that's a that's a good thing it's good that your security would do that but yeah yeah what i think we are as, as uh, the audience are also seeing that everything is defenseless against the shadows it didn't even pop up on any sort of security thing that they were there like it's uh yeah nobody can tell that it's on his back yeah Okay. All right. Because it is interesting. There's never they never trip anything. They never trip a single alarm or really, even really psychically trip. Uh, yeah. Right. The dude tells him that he's touched by the shadows, but he can't tell that the shadows were on like three feet away from him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting to see where it's going. I don't remember it all happening this quickly in the second season, but it does seem to be really ramping up fast. Isn't that great when you haven't watched it in a while until yeah. it's kind of new? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Bonus life. Uh, well, 
with that, folks, I think we're going to call yeah. it an evening. Yeah, we are. And no Babylon Squared next week, but please jump over to our other podcast where we will be talking about Interview with the Vampire. Mm-hmm. Specifically the book. We'll probably talk a little bit about the, the new series. And also, we absolutely will. We absolutely will. Also, and the movie. And of course, the 1990s movie starring Tom Cruise as a questionably cast Lestat. I agree. Um, but also, Brad Pitt did a great... I think he did a good Louis. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I think he is definitely underrated in there. But we'll talk mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, we will. That week. That next week. So, until two weeks from now, we'll yeah. be seeing you. Have a good day. Yeah, we night. will. In a creepy Halloween way. We'll yeah, be seeing you. A very Halloween way. Be seeing yeah. you. Ho, 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 ho. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, hey, by the way, before you go, yeah, um, I'm going to be Beetlejuice this year. Okay. So, pictures to come. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love All right, it. bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. See you later. squared a weekly babylon 5 rewatch podcast your hosts are mona lucius and me joffrey spurl if you're already a subscriber we're thrilled to have you please tell your b5 and science fiction loving friends about us if you aren't yet a subscriber what are you waiting for this podcast is licensed under a creative commons attribution share alike 4.0 international license thanks again we really do appreciate your support make sure to tip your waiters